And I would say most of us don't want to be reminded of our failures. They probably, you know, lurk back there in our minds, but do we willingly take them out, take a look at them, think about them? Probably not. So would you go to a museum that is all about some of the biggest failures that we've had in society? There are some pretty good ones, though, when you think about it. I mean, remember Google Glasses? I mean, sure, we all do. They didn't last very long, did they? And what about this one? This one is my favorite because I don't even remember this one. Colgate Kitchen Entrees Frozen Dinners. Yes, there was such a thing from the makers of toothpaste. Now, these and more are on display at a pop-up museum called the Museum of Failure. And Dr. Samuel West, the founder and clinical psychologist, thinks it's important to remember those failures. And Dr. West is with us now. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for having me on the show. Dr. West, why is it important for us to remember these failures? Well, it's important to understand that failures are what drive progress. So without these failures, we wouldn't have much of the technology, much of the, the, the things that we take for granted. So innovation requires people to take risks, and those risks sometimes involve failure. Okay, so how did this all get started for you? Uh, I've been working with as an innovation consultant for a while, and I realized that the, one of the biggest obstacles to innovation within most companies and organizations is, you know, we're all human. It's the fear of failure, and it's really difficult to be an innovative company organization if, you, if you're not willing to take some risks. So if, if a company isn't failing, they're probably not innovating either. Interesting. So tell me about some of the um, failures that you've collected for this museum. I mean, it's everything from food products to high-tech stuff. Um, I could probably fill an entire museum with just smartphone failures. <laughs> uh, we have, <laughs> I mean, we have, I mean, we have Amazon smartphone there, for example, that didn't make it. it had features that nobody wanted. Um, we have food products. We have Olestra, which is one of my favorites. I remember is, this. It, ne- it never made it to Canada, though. Thank God. Um, it was uh, a, f- a zero-calorie fat substitute. Yes. It was launched in 96. Do you remember what the problem with it was? Yeah, it caused uncontrollable could- diarrhea is what the problem was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, you didn't get fat eating those chips, but you had to spend your your evenings on the toilet. Dr. Um, West, I was a health reporter when that came out, and I just remember the the craze for Olestra was so big, it was like the next big thing, and then right away it was like, oh no. Well, one of the problems with it was that um, Procter & Gamble actually got it right, but... um, Somehow, you know, people eat a lot of, they eat more than the recommended serving size of potato chips. Um, but then, you know, when it was fat free and like not bad for you, people ate, you know, too so bad. So much of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Okay. What about things like um, uh, New Coke? New Coke's a fascinating story of how uh, Coke, Pepsi did what they called the Pepsi challenge. And I think this was in the 80s. It really was. Ladies there. And they um, had people try Coke and Pepsi. And uh, most people like Pepsi better than Coke. Coke did their own research and found out that people actually like Pepsi better. Um, so they changed their recipe to make Coke taste more like Pepsi, which means it's a little bit sweeter. And, you know, people went crazy. Like, don't touch our, our Coke. And Coca-Cola realized that 
you know, it's not just the company that owns the brand, but the customers also own the brand. And it was a big fiasco. At the end of the day, people, you know, got, um, started hamstering Coke because they thought it would, you know, go out of production. And Coca-Cola actually sold a lot. And yeah. it sort of, you know, it, they made them some money, but the Coca-Cola executives were pretty clear. And like, no, you know, this was stupid. We were not that smart to be able to, you know. <laughs> we didn't do this on purpose. This. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it, it happened, but it's not thanks to us. <laughs> but also every company seems to have one. Like you mentioned Pepsi there. I remember Pepsi had a product called um, Pepsi Clear. Remember that? Yeah, Crystal Pepsi. Oh, Crystal gross, Pepsi. gross. <laughs> I've actually tried it. We had we had an extra one at the exhibition in Brooklyn uh, when we opened a couple of weeks ago. And I actually opened it and we tried it. It's it's pretty bad. I mean, it's old by this day, but it, but it's actually, wow. it tastes like a cheap soda. Okay. Mm. What are some of your other favorite ones? There's got to be a lot of food related ones, I would think. I mean, there are a lot, of, but well, the food industry is really good at sort of trying new things. So it's unfair to, to pick, you know, to single them out. But I mean, some of the other, some of the other sort of classic items are the Sony Betamax, Apple Newton, um, these sort of the, the DeLorean sports car, these are classics that, you know, be- iconic classics that belong in the museum. And then there's some, you know, weird, strange ones and weird ones. Um, I like the classic ones, like the Ford Etzel. It's a, it's a classic one where uh, Ford tried to innovate by changing the design, but people weren't, you know. Yeah, they didn't I, that, like that's it. a big one. It was, that's a horrible looking car, though. When you look at it now, you're like, what were they thinking? Yeah, what were they thinking about that? But I mean, and a lot of these things, you know, they were they were failures, especially the older ones. They they were you know failures at the time. But then you know, everyone loves a dying race. So like everybody loves like something that's that's gonna disappear. And there's you know some of these items. I have a water kettle uh, from Italy. Uh, Philip Stark, their famous designer. It's an absolute failure of function. It looks cool, but it doesn't work. Uh, and those things are expensive now because, you know, they're almost like, you know, they're collector's items because they were a failure. How popular is the Museum of Failure? Uh, well, the one in New York is insanely popular. Uh, even in my wildest, you know, dreams, I never expected it to be to be sold out on the weekends. Um it's yeah it's the new yorkers get it they uh they have that that sense of humor and that sort of perspective that's needed and museum of failure is like right up their alley wow okay but this is a pop-up museum right like it travels elsewhere doesn't Mm -hmm. it i would like to see Mm -hmm. this so where else is it going yeah um, i wish i could tell you and and promote it but i don't know so um it'll probably end up in one of the bigger cities in the united states uh, uh, next after New York, but um, I, 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 I wish I could tell you. Um, is, you have to go on the website and is, check it out. <laughs> is there advice for us, some Dr. West here, but that we can take from, I don't know, celebrating some failures? Um, I think the thing I've learned in working with this for five years uh, is that, um, you know, don't be, I think we overestimate how bad failure is, you know, both in a business, on a business level but even as on a personal level we we think and we imagine it as much worse than it actually is people people are quite forgiving if you own up to your failures and you don't try to hide them or you know deny them people people are very happy to forgive you when you try to you know make bold take bold risks and then things don't work out it's not as bad as you think 
Hmm. Okay. I, I love the fact, though, that you feel that this is the road to innovation, though. This is how we make bigger, better things. There's no question about it. When and you, there's anything you, any kind of technology, any, even, even you know, social uh, innovation, uh, or as you as a person, personal development, any part of that is about you taking some risks. And when you try something new, you know, push, you push. You push yourself and you, you test new things. You're, you're likely going to fail, at least in the beginning. And if we don't accept that, it's, you know, then we become complacent and nothing happens. That is so true. Do you have a Facebook portal there? <laughs> uh, how did you know? Did you have inside information? No, I just, I just remember that that was like, that's a fairly recent one. It was, I think it was only about five yeah. years ago and there were commercials everywhere for this thing. And then I wondered yeah. suddenly like, what happened to that? Nobody bought it. Of course yeah, nobody no, bought it. We, actually, it, it's a new, it's fairly, it's a fairly new edition. It doesn't look like much, but the story there where Facebook just pushed this and at the same time, Facebook was dealing with their, you know, people didn't trust Facebook, uh, their their trust was sort of under, was being undermined. And people are like, wait, am I going to have a camera, you know, constantly on with Facebook yeah, exactly. to me? I don't think so. <laughs> I love it. Listen, thanks so much for talking to us this morning. Great. Thank you. I appreciate you. that. Dr. Samuel West is founder of the Museum of Failure. Now, they are in New York right now, but you know what? They do plan on moving it around, Dr. West said, but you have to check their website to find out if it's perhaps coming anywhere near us. I would love to check this out because, you know, he makes an excellent point. Sure, some of these products are epic failures, but... Uh, they they're, they're there for a reason. We innovate, we improve, and sometimes you look at them and go, "What? What were they? What were they thinking?" Look, the Ford Pinto. I'm sure that's one that everybody can remember. What a terrible vehicle that was, right? Uh, the Arch Deluxe from McDonald's. Remember that? Yeah, nobody really wanted to eat it. It didn't last very long. There's so many big ones. Um, I found a list of some that are just make you shake your head, like Cheetos lip balm. Who would want Cheetos lip balm? Yes, these things did exist. The laser disc. Remember when everybody thought the laser disc was going to be the next big thing in movies, or sorry, in, in being able to watch that? And the Segway. Now, if you're of a certain age, like me, you remember in, in the 90s, late 90s, when people thought this thing was going to be huge. It was going to revolutionize the way that we go everywhere, the Segway, and not so much, right? 